Hey, everyone. Before we get into the show, just remember, take care of yourself and be conscious. This is the end of BoJack. Everything is bad and awful. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to clip that and put it at the beginning of every episode. Honestly, do it. Welcome back to BoJack Horse Pod, the BoJack Horseman story. Today we will be talking about season six, episode 14 of BoJack Horseman, Angela. I'm Kirsten McKinnis, joined as always by the lovely Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, how are you? Doing well. I'm getting kind of sad, honestly. We're so close to the end. We've been getting so much nice feedback this week of people being like, I love the show. I'm so sad that you're almost done. And it's just been wonderful. It's been a very nice retrospective on BoJack Horse Pod. Interesting that you haven't shared the positive feedback with me, (laughs) but it's fine. I like to spring it on you on the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're not going anywhere is the thing. Like the pod, the podcast will exist. We're just moving. We're moving on. We'll Mm -hmm. do Tuca and Bird Pod and then we'll (laughs) figure out something else Uh, after that. I think Veep is what Lindsay and I are most passionate about. Yes, agreed. I think I was thinking we we frame it as Bojack Horse Pod presents Tuca and Birdie. (laughs) (laughs) We can make it just like as absurd as possible. Like the fact that we actually named it Bojack Horse Pod is so stupid and (laughs) we've stuck with it and it's fine. Everything's fine. It's perfect. But we are not alone. We have an incredible guest. We are so excited. Just a few episodes ago, we were pondering, would this person actually want to spend time with us? (laughs) And thankfully, they said yes. And so we have Laika from Bojack Hidden Jokes is here. How are you? Hi, I'm so happy to be here. You guys have no idea how excited I am to be joined by like two Bojack experts. Uh, (laughs) You have been doing such an amazing job to cover this show from beginning to end. And I'm just so glad that I got to join a small part of it because it's amazing great job (laughs) thank you (laughs) we just like literally whenever there's any like woman in the bojack community we get so excited obviously like we're grateful for all of the horse girls be they men or women or non-binary but there's just like something special when it's not just like white men giving their (laughs) opinions yeah and that's so funny because i ran the Instagram account for so long and people were always surprised to discover that it was a girl behind it because mm-hmm. apparently they were not expecting uh, a female to be doing like smart remarks about the show for some oh. reason. So it was it was always fun to say like, oh, you're not a dude? Okay, nice. <laughs> so that kind of gave me the confidence to be showing my face into the account more often because I really wanted to see that it was a girl that was enjoying the show. And and, Mm -hmm. and it was, I mean, it's not that it's made for boys or girls or anything like that. I think it's just like a smart show. And that would attract me to BoJack Horseman. It's so clever, so well-written that why not enjoy that? So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I think one of the rewarding things for us has been, we've often said, you know, as far as we're aware, we're the only women-led BoJack podcast. And it's been so nice to hear from people who maybe haven't even heard us say that, but have been like, oh my gosh, so happy I found one that's hosted by two women. So that's been really fun. I think it's bringing something special to the space. 
Yeah, and I think, like, you make a good point that like, the show's not made for men or made for or women or anyone in particular. Like, it's just a really smart, well-made show. But I think a lot of times, especially in internet communities, they just kind of get overrun by, like, the male component of it. And so it's just exciting that we get to be a slice of the internet that's a little bit different. And you have a slice of the internet that is also different. And it's so exciting that we found each other. And now we get to talk about an incredible episode of BoJack. Yeah, that's the beauty of the internet. It connects people. So I'm really excited to be here. Thank you again for the invite. Of course. And so, okay, before we get started, we, of course, have our segments to get through. So it's always so embarrassing when there's a guest. Like, literally, I'm always like, oh, okay, so I guess... I guess Brian Scally's going to tell us what time it is now. And then it's like, oh, I wish I were dead. But, but that's such a fun segment. I love that. It's so, I'm sorry. It's so stupid, but in a good way that it's, it's, it's exactly what the show says. Like, oh, what if there was a website that could tell the time? And then you guys did it. So it's the perfect joke. Go for it. I'm, I'm so excited to see that live. Okay, perfect. And now, so again, thank you. Thank you, Brian Scally. What time is it? Today is Saturday, June 11th, 2022 in the Pacific time zone where all three of us are. It is 1.16 p.m. in New York. It is 4.16 p.m. in London. It is 9.16 p.m. And then in Hong Kong, it is Sunday, June 12th at 4.16 a.m. And that is what time it is right now. We had one of the horse girls write in about the Futurama podcast that I have recently undertaken. And they were like, you going to do any segments? Like, what time is it right now? And I was like, well, we can't steal that. And like, to make it Futurama specific, the only thing we could do is like, what year is it? And that doesn't work. So we have not carried it over. If you record once a year, it works great. <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, you could you could do other segments. I feel like lots of like TV ones have segments where it's like, the like VIP of the episode or like the winner mm. or loser of the episode or like yeah, rating yeah, or good. grading it. Mm-hmm, I don't mm-hmm. know. I was listening to Lonely Boys this morning and I was like, God, Maddie has such good segments. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> okay. Now that we've put everyone in the time and place we are in, we cannot go to the time and place where you are listening to this podcast, obviously on the day of release, because why would anyone listen to it later? <laughs> so we have some holidays of the day. There's not too many, don't worry. <laughs> okay, so this episode is coming out on Tuesday, July 5th, 2022, and it is Bikini Day. Great. So if you want to wear a bikini, wear a bikini. It is National Workaholics Day. Mm, oh, that's mine. It, <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't go with wearing a bikini necessarily, but like... <laughs> We're, we're out here. I mean, Lindsay, you say you disavow, but like you work and you're doing your PhD and you have two podcasts. Like you're pretty busy. Yeah. But also I tell people all the time, your productivity does not define your value as a person. So. I mean, true, okay. but I'm like a work shark. And if I stop working, I'll die. It's a mechanical pencil day. Big mm-hmm, day for mechanical mm-hmm. pencils. That always reminds me on Kowski Cast once we were talking about like mechanical pencils and Mary just like thought they got invented in the 90s because like in grade four or whatever was when she's allowed to start using mechanical pencils. And I was like, no, no, stop. We we need to Google this. And the patent for mechanical pencils was from like the 1800s. And she was like, <laughs> why? Why couldn't we use them earlier? Oh, my God. <laughs> She wasn't responsible enough before that. <laughs> no, and then she that that's why I found out she Googles because I just Googled like mechanical pencil patent year and got the result. And she Googled like in what year were mechanical pencils created? And she got this oh website with like an anecdote about a boat or something. And I was like, <laughs> You're a software developer. How come you don't know how to Google? Incredible. Um 
It's also, okay, we have two more. They're both food-related. It's National Apple Turnover Day and National Graham Cracker Day. All right. These apple turnovers look kind of gross. In principle, though, I think they're pretty good. Yeah. I think it's just like when the icing gets all melty, it looks a little sus. (laughs) I don't know. Fair. (laughs) Anyways, those are the holidays of the day for July 5th. Also, the day after Independence Day. Day? Is that what it's called? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. I just call it my sister's birthday, but there you go. anyways, okay, Bojack. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you tell us how you got into Bojack? I feel like we didn't get your origin story. Oh, my origin story. Yeah, it's kind of sad right now because it was my ex-husband who introduced me to the show. So mm-hmm. he was always, he had like a really good smell for things that would like explode in the future. So he was like, hey, watch out this show. It's going to be big. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'm going to watch and it got really big like it took a while for it to to catch up people didn't get it at first and most people that I talk about Bojack these days I ask them like if I'm going on dates now I ask guys (laughs) like have you watched Bojack and they were like yeah I watched two or three episodes but it didn't get me and I was like oh you're missing out on so much keep going so Bojack has that bit of a resistance but once you get to the flow it's it's so amazing. So yeah, I'm glad he introduced me to that. Yeah, good for at least one thing. Um, <laughs> I thought you were gonna say when you go on dates, you ask people if they like like the character of BoJack as like a disqualifier. And that's, that's so smart. <laughs> No, yeah, for, uh, it's a it's a triage, you know. First, I need to know if they watch the show. What do they think? And then I go, well, okay, let's talk about the character. Yeah. yeah, if they like it, it's a major red flag. For yes, sure. that's yeah, a hundred percent. That's so interesting. Okay, and so, what is your favorite season of BoJack? Oh, tough choice. It's probably season four mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's so special and you you get to learn so much about the family and then you understand all the past trauma and how this consequences cascade into Bojack's life and I relate to that a lot because I feel like there's a lot of that trauma in my family that I got to inherit and and just live with that and learn how to navigate all that so it's it, and it's beautiful and it's 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 visually beautiful too the things that they did with like the 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 passage of time and all that I think it was a masterpiece and it was also when I started doing the hidden jokes thing so it has like a, a really special place in my heart I was like let's do it let's start this community and it was really nice so it's my favorite that's awesome I think that's a great that's a, I think that's most people's opinion right mm-hmm. yeah I have to like go back now after rewatching it all again, like from the podcasting perspective, and see if that changes my opinion. I'm curious. Whoa, um, oh my god, such an undertaking! <laughs> I know. Well, it's because we watch it in like such a different way when we're going to talk mm-hmm. about it. I feel like, cool. but okay. So this episode is called Angela, and I th- I think this is an incredible episode. I feel like. All of the side plots are either fun or tie things up in a nice way and are good. And then they bring a little bit of levity to Bojack's plot, which is uh, horrible and sad. <laughs> heavy. <laughs> horrible. Yeah, very heavy. And and you're right. Like, I think the next episode is sort of a standalone sort of thing without getting into any spoilers. And then we have the finale. So this episode has to do a lot of heavy lifting in terms of wrapping things up in a way that we can really have the final 
episode and wrap things up for some people. So I think it's incredibly well done. I did not remember what was going to happen in this episode, and I wow. think it's great. How dare you? So, okay, the episode <laughs> starts with a flashback, as many episodes in season six do. It's in 1994. They're over at ABC where Angela Diaz is getting in the elevator where all of the men are just making, like, horrible jokes about women. Truly the worst. Mm -hmm. Nine out of ten men total dirtbag creeps, just the worst. And (laughs) this is where her, like, either – is it her assistant or colleague Teddy comes out? Yeah, I thought just colleague. Yeah. Yeah, and he he was going to do the he says he was like doing rec- like spying for her, but it's like obvious that they just don't invite her to things because she is a woman. Yeah. Like you're a, there's a worry that because you're a single career gal that you might be, you know, a single career gal. So Yeah, God, and the fact that she's the president of the network, they have like mm-hmm. this boss situation going on too. So they're trying to hide away from that. So it's a lot. Like being a woman and the boss. Yeah. yeah. And it's nineteen ninety four. Yeah. Not easy. It's a tough time. And so this is where, you know, there's again, they're talking about how it's a family network and that she doesn't have a family might be a problem. And this is where they get the facts. That lets them know that Herb Kazaz is gay and how that could be the problem for ABC as a family network. Yeah. Yeah. And they're trying to sell the network to Disney or something. And they present this to Herb of like, you got to be more discreet, but also you're fired. And this is where we have Herb being like, if you want Bojack to turn on me, you better have a damn good pitch. And she's just like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and this is they make a very specific call out with the Disney buy to Michael Eisner and her because I was like, oh, Michael Eisner like doesn't care who I'm sleeping with, and I like just am stupid, I guess, because I don't know anything about Michael Eisner, so I don't know what. I didn't get this at all. Like I if that's a joke, something or if it's, like, smart. So Michael Eisner is kind of the owner of Tornante Company, who produced BoJack. So that was a kind of a big (laughs) shout out that they gave to him. Like, okay, you work with Disney, you're cool, we like you, you know that you like BoJack. So that was the the nod that they did because he he owns the company who did it, which appears at the credits at the end. So... (laughs) It's like, you're cool, but Disney, we have a problem with that. That's so funny. Thank God you're here because <laughs> I was like, I was like, I can tell that this is a reference, but based on my Google searches, I could not tell what it was a reference to. It's like, I feel dumb. I feel dumb as hell. Oh I didn't God. Google anything. I was like, surely someone will know. But yeah. yeah, he like ran Disney for a long time. And then I think that like, it's there's it's like up for debate whether he like hurt disney or helped disney in the long run like some people said he was like a micromanager i don't know uh, i i never met the guy and according to herb he is uh, a <laughs> compassionate and progressive individual so. i never met the guy <laughs> he's cool he's cool <laughs> <laughs> so this is where herb is like you cannot make horsing around without me and angela's like no we don't need anybody except the horse and mm-hmm. Herb is like, okay, well, if you want Bojack to betray me, you're going to need a pretty good pitch. And then credits. Yes. Yeah. And I love that line so much that it kills me because when they say all we need is the horse and then we see what happens, it's 
Bojack thinks so little of himself that he didn't realize how much power he held mm-hmm. and, and all this situation because he's always downplaying and doing a shout out to the season one episode, The Telescope, where we see all these things unfolding. And you guys were commenting on the fact that he, the first thing that, that Herb says when they got the pitch, when they got, when they they sold the show it was like his first reaction was to be sad because he wasn't going to be part of it like he didn't realize that he was like the horse the thing that was going to like hold this thing together so and he still didn't realize when he was in the show so it always strikes me uh, like how much he undermines himself throughout Mm -hmm. the whole series and that's a good example that yeah it's so yeah it's just such a strange thing because obviously at this point like we know what happens we know that Angela comes and plays hardball and is like well everyone will lose their jobs if Herb doesn't lose his job and like we need you to like be supportive of that and he just falls for it and it kind of goes back to like early Bojack like before he was on Horse and Around when he's doing stand-up and he met Herb it felt like he will just take whoever's word that is like more powerful in Hollywood over his own. And I think Mm -hmm. it's like, it was just another example of that. Like even he probably would have never auditioned for Horse and Around if Herb hadn't pushed him for it. Like he he would never think he's good enough without that. Yeah. And that's the thing where it doesn't seemingly even occur to him to really push back. She will reveal in this episode that she was basically bluffing, but he never even tried to push on it. It was just like, well, I guess I have to do this. And I think that's a great call that he's, underestimating his own power in this situation. And I think that ties in a lot with what we've seen in the last few episodes, even where it's been like, I didn't have the power here. I'm just a guy. And it's like, no, you have the power in these situations and you're just not realizing it. Yeah. And I mean, if you tie back to the family, all his mother did and his father as well was to undermine him to like say that he was less than he was supposed to do. So that's the only thing that he knew So the moment that this powerful executive comes and does the same, he was like, okay, yeah, that's all. That's the only thing I know. So it must be true. So Mm -hmm. it's all connected. I I love to see how how they keep repeating the same situation, but in different aspects. And yeah, you just get to analyze all that. It really goes back to Sam Stanish's original theory that like all the women in Bojack are like his mother figures. Yes. (laughs) Gross. But yes, okay, so we get into the episode. We're going to come back to the Bojack of it all at the end, and we're going to just go through the kind of three distinct side plots that are in this episode, which are all a lot more fun than the Bojack Mm -hmm. part. (laughs) First up, we're going to talk about Todd, and he and Maude go to his parents' house and eat dinner with Jorge. Todd instantly is just like, oh, I see. Like, you're telling me that mom is too sick to come have dinner with us, but she was able to make this famous Frito pie or whatever. And I also love that Maude here is just doing all the heavy lifting of being like, let me do one of my like wacky Maude pitches and keep things light because this is awkward. <laughs> Maude is yeah. the best. It's so sweet. And it that scene makes me so sad because usually Todd is the one that's uplifting mm-hmm. the mood for everyone. And yeah. he's just so sad and it's not his usual self. So I kind of want to hug him and say mm-hmm. that everything's going to be okay. Yeah, he's been putting in the effort to repair things with his mother and she just can't seem to do it and come back. I also I want to talk about the Frito pie of it all because yes. I think I have never heard of this before. Is this something either of you have ever heard of or eaten? Because it actually looks pretty good when you Google a recipe. 
Well, so Sarah, beloved Sarah, who wrote in with a lot of questions all at once, one of her questions about this episode was, would you ever eat a Frito pie? And I fully intended to look at the ingredients and have that ready, but I did not. Yeah, so it looks like you have, it's like corn chips, and then you saute like taco or like Mexican food ingredients, like you have like beans, onions, like taco spices on top, and then cheese, and then you bake it. Like it's... It sounds delicious. Yeah, I'd eat this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm originally from Brazil, but I live in California now, and one of my favorite things is Mexican food, so I would definitely try that because mm-hmm. I haven't had a bad experience with Mexican food so far, so that sounds great. What you described yeah. is right? like food heaven. So. Yeah, like it, it's obviously not like authentic to anywhere, but it looks delicious. <laughs> <laughs> And basically just Jorge is like continuing to make excuses for Todd's mother saying, oh, she's sick. Oh, she's at Zumba. Oh, she's not really sick. And Todd is just like, I can like I can see her in the window. Like she's here. Why won't she talk to me? Like I'm making an effort here. Mm-hmm. And this is where Jorge says, okay, well, your mother is ashamed because you donated your kidney to her and she doesn't feel like a a mother should owe her child her life. Mm -hmm. This is brutal. Like we talked in the last episode, which obviously hasn't come out yet, but we talked about how it's interesting that Jorge keeps being like, keep trying Todd. And one of the things we said last week was it shouldn't be on Todd to have to try over and over and over again. And it's so demoralizing and sad, especially when it's your parent that you're trying this hard with and they just can't make that effort. And I think this must be so hard on Todd. And I hate that she is literally just upstairs and is like, no, I feel guilty. It's like, well, he saved your life. He literally saved your life. Maybe you can just throw him a bone here and go have some Frito pie. I'm going to make a silly comment first and then I'll go to (laughs) (laughs) when he uses the mannequin excuse. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, no, it's not her. I think that's a stretch, but it reminds me of a Home Alone callback. (laughs) He's using the the arms to show that there's people in the house. So I'll take that as an homage. (laughs) Yeah. And but, you know, as someone who's trying to understand my parents as an adult person, Mm -hmm. it's really hard. You know, sometimes you have to be the bigger person in the relationship for things to work and realize that they have their own shit that they're dealing Mm -hmm. with. And we don't understand. But if you're not the, 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 the person that makes the first move, then things don't don't change because adults especially when they get older they get so stubborn with some Mm. things that you just have to shake them off to Mm -hmm. to 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 fix things and and evolve so yes it's not it's totally unfair that todd has the burden but it had to be him to to break the spell of her mother because it's been too long so it's it's a beautiful episode i think yeah and this is i i agree completely like it's and that's why it gets complicated right because you have to walk the balance of like how much do you need it to work? Because how much effort can you realistically put into something where you're not getting it back, I think mm-hmm. is kind of where that balancing act comes in, which we probably could have been more considerate about last week. But I think Lindsay and I were both like 
really mad on what well, <laughs> well, I think one of the things he said is just that it it shouldn't need to be entirely on him. And it's really, I think, a testament to Todd that he is willing to try over and over and over again. And this is something that's important to him. And he just keeps trying. And I think that that's really hard to do. And I think we were just trying to sort of flag that that is work and it is labor and it shouldn't all be on Todd. And it's really remarkable that he keeps putting himself out there like that, even though he keeps getting shut down. Yeah. But there are situations and situations, I think, in families. In this case, she was kind of close. She was just like scared mm-hmm. to, to confront him mm-hmm. with the, the whole kidney situation and all that. But there are some family situations that are so toxic that I yeah. truly understand and, and also say go for it if you want to just like stay away from that and, yeah. and not try because it's not going to do any good for you. It You're not going to get what you want. People want change. So just go live your life. And that's totally mm-hmm. okay. It's not just because it's your family, it's your blood that you have to put yourself through that. Totally. So yes, it worked for Todd, but it might not work for your situation. So yeah, I think I think you should do what feels right for your mental health yes. <laughs> overall. Totally. Yeah. 100%. So after Amon and Todd leave, we do actually meet Helen Chavez, who is Todd's mother, voiced by Chloe uh, Dijkstra? Is that even Dijkstra? I don't know. It doesn't look like... She's, like, been in stuff, but it's, like, the characters are a lot of, like... A ton of major acting roles. Main roles. I'm sure people know who she is. I feel like I recognize her face, but, like, (laughs) I don't know why I recognize her. She's beautiful, though. She's beautiful red hair. But, yeah, so she and Jorge are, like, eating their Frito pie, I guess. And she's just like feeling really bad about not being there, asking questions about Todd, like what Todd does for work (laughs) and like regretting not being there, which is like, it's good to see at least. Yeah. I love Jorge being like, I think he runs a daycare, but it's impossible to know because he refers to the babies as his coworkers. (laughs) Classic Todd. Yes. (laughs) So good. Oh, man. And I think we sort of brushed over the fact that they say that Helen is worried about the fact that she owes her life to Todd and a mother shouldn't owe her son or whatever. And it's like, perhaps if she could save your life, but alas, she can't. And then this is where we hear that Todd has been kidnapped. Yes. Esteemed character actress Margot Martindale is back. They have her, she's not off script. They have her reading cards, which I yeah. <laughs> I would have thought she would have had it. She'd be off book, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she has is saying that she's kidnapped Todd and he will die if we don't get like a million famous Fritos pies. Was it, was it a million pies? A hundred pies. It was a hundred. In my head, it was a million. And I was like, that doesn't seem like a realistic amount of pies that anyone can make. Even a hundred an hour seems like a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. That is, maybe they could make them like very small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it know. looks like they did kind of but I love the the take on it was a fearsome stranger whose buttery voice simultaneously delights me and fills me with dread. <laughs> She's so talented. So talented. Yeah, it's so good what you you were saying that all the side stories are about closure. And mm-hmm. it felt it filled my heart with warmth to see Margot Martindale yes. back for one last shenanigan to give <laughs> Todd closure for all the events on season one. So I was really excited to see her on the other side of that. It was so mm-hmm. special. Yes. I love like Margot being like manipulating you into buying that addictive video game, like sent me down this ruinous path. Like this is the least I could do. And I just, uh, I 
I just love the whole Margot Martindale arc is so funny. Like, because mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of Bojack as a whole are these overarching like plots about your character and what you do and being a good person and like all of those kinds of things, depression, mental health, everything. But Margot Martindale's plotline is literally like do crime and be <laughs> talented. And that's the, and that's all she's got. <laughs> And she does things simultaneously. I think it's yes. so funny that she's so good at acting that she almost killed Todd's mom. In this yeah. episode. It's, it's perfect. It's I so wish I was there in the booth with her while she's reading the lines and just like, <laughs> what? What is this thing that I say? And they were like, no, 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 Margot, just, just say the lines. Don't worry too much about the yeah. plot. <laughs> I just want to be best friends with her because like she is obviously voice acting as herself and she's totally willing to go down this completely wacky rabbit hole. And I believe it was that she asked for it to be more unhinged and more mm-hmm. wild, like way back in season one. So... My heart almost stopped when she messaged me on Instagram once and I couldn't believe that it was her. I was like, no, there's no, she wasn't verified. She wasn't anything. I was like, no, oh there's God. someone trolling me. And I was like, can you prove that it's yourself, please? Just so I know. And then she sent me this video saying how much she loved Bojack. Oh my God. And it was oh so sweet. She's like, yes, I would definitely be best friends with her. I was just seeing like one of her stories. She was playing mini golf and I was like, I would totally play mini golf <laughs> with Margot Martindale please that's amazing she just posted yeah yesterday she posted yesterday it was her husband's birthday she's happy birthday to the love of my life and then a throwback to mini golf oh my god how is she not verified she she's verified now okay she is um but you know she has fewer instagram followers than you do on bojack and jokes so (laughs) that's impressive Oh my god! Do you think we could get Margot Martindale on the podcast? I mean, I think we should try. We try. I Av, if you could reach out to Margot Martindale's <laughs> representation, like he did with RB Dubs, even though RB Dub cruelly refused to come on our show, just ghosted, ghosted us. us. Even more hurtful. How dare you? I hope. I hope the reason why he refused is because he's busy creating <laughs> something new for us. So yes. I'll go with that. <laughs> not be mad i think he's mad that i said that the flower story was a story not a joke because he listened to one up that exactly one episode of our podcast and knew to say surfs down rude Mm -hmm. the mulch joke yes the mulch joke (laughs) why did i say bag of flowers in my head any bag that size is a bag of flowers (laughs) (laughs) i'm so dumb it divides opinions you're not wrong it's it's yeah I I just was agreeing with Bojack that it's a story, not a joke. Mm -hmm. One of the few things I agree with Bojack with, and it made him mad, so it's fine. So the Frito Pie Todd exchange is to happen under the bridge where they film the drag race in Greece, which is, I just love that the idea that that location is just where you go to do illegal shit in LA. (laughs) Amazing. And they're like unpacking all of the pies out of the back of the car, but like, they didn't have time to wrap them or anything. And mm-hmm. so the, it's just like like beef and cheese and Fritos on the ground. <laughs> Spare me the deets. I just want the frites. <laughs> and then, yes, as like I said, uh, Helen, Helen almost dies. She It looks like she's having a heart attack. She grabs her left arm, which like I think a great time to remind everyone that women have like different symptoms of mm-hmm. heart attacks and it will be more likely to present as back pain than mm-hmm. arm pain and just or like be, pain. be careful out there. Mm-hmm. 
And another callback to season one that I love that this episode is full of fan service. Mm -hmm. I love it so much. Is the pig doctor treating <laughs> another anxiety and attack? Do you remember when Bo yeah, died yeah. like twice? And the first had to episode, talk yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's perfect to see like a small character coming back for something so similar. So that was And it seems like he's just the anxiety attack doctor because like we've <laughs> yeah. seen them in hospitals and with doctors over the course of the series. Mm. But I'm this is pro I the only the other time that we see him. If that was mild, I'd hate to see spicy or whatever. <laughs> that the salt just some salsa humor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So good. Yeah, little pig doctor, he's still successful. He's mm -hmm. still practicing. Yes. Good for him. So I guess they're at the Elmer Hospital again, the glue mm -hmm. hospital. Yeah. <laughs> His medical advice is to avoid stressful situations like fake kidnappings under bridges. <laughs> I mean, I, most of us can avoid that, I think. I, I've certainly never seen a fake kidnapping under a bridge. <laughs> Kirsten, we've established that you can't see things, but did you notice the little interstitial with the possum on the stretcher? No, you think I... <laughs> They're like unloading a possum on a stretcher from it, uh, from the ambulance, and then he just like pops back up and scares the EMTs. He was That's playing hilarious. possum. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't do that in America. That's a pretty hefty ambulance bill for a prank. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> okay possum okay and let's talk about bridges in la because apparently the one where they filmed Grizz is used for anything in this show <laughs> so it's, it's funny how they always go for that one yes. it's where crime happens truly <laughs> incredible yeah. i'm surprised they didn't run into like a drug deal going down and like officer meow meow fuzzy face didn't pop in mm -hmm. to like arrest margaret martindale and and todd's like it's a classic todd shenanigan but i guess you wouldn't know what that is, which broke my heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But so, then they reconcile a little bit. Yeah. So they they reconcile where Todd basically says, like, I have not had a mom for so long that I don't really, like, need a mom anymore. And it seems really sad. And then he's like, but I do have one idea. We, it could be robot suits for babies. So they can do grown-up things. <laughs> and at first, it seems like Helen is just not into it. And she's like, it sounds dangerous. But then she's like, but what if the robots are powered by the energy from babies sucking on pacifiers? And they, like, that is so smart. hands out. And it's so cute. <laughs> I can just imagine that's what Todd was like as, like, a kid, though. Like, I, she's probably used to him mm -hmm. saying ridiculous things. And then she has to, like, buy into it. Yes. Yeah, I love it. We love when people go along with a bit. This is where it goes back to the courtroom, which is my favorite part of the episode. Because it was Margot's mission to bring Todd and Helen together again. And the judge is like, yeah, well, but you did kill a lot of people. <laughs> and she, she's going to go to prison. But then Nicole Holofcener? Holofcener? How yeah. do you say that? <laughs> She's a real person. She's a real person. They say that she's indie filmmaker. She's known for a lot of things. That <laughs> Four episodes of Parks and Rec. Wikipedia here says, Her understanding of modern professional women made her an ideal choice to direct female-centric television shows like Sex and the City, Leap of Faith, and Gilmore Girls. Well, she only did four episodes <laughs> Sex and the City, and the first one it lists is the season three episode six episode, which is called Are We Sluts? Which I watched actually quite recently, and it was not the best. But good for good for her directing four episodes of Sex in the City. <laughs> Two episodes of Six Feet Under for those Six Feet Under heads. Four episodes of Parks and Rec. 
Kid. I don't know. Kid. People know stuff she's done, but I, they don't know her. Yeah. Um, I mean, some people probably know her, but, like, obviously we don't. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, and so that wraps up Margot Martindale for the series, and it wraps and up Todd and his mom. And I just want to yeah. do one more callback. because Please, think, please yeah, do. I love it. It's similar. It's funny to see another celebrity escaping prison exactly like BoJack did with the chickens <laughs> episode. So there's a lot of people getting out of weird situations because of their fame so mm-hmm. <laughs> it's funny to see that again well and that's kind of the observation i had too because i feel like a lot of the series is about bojack though he's famous actually facing consequences for his actions and mm-hmm. the importance of taking that kind of accountability and then it's kind of mirrored by this Margot Martindale plot line where it's like, oh, no, but like she doesn't have to take accountability because she's just this wild and crazy woman. Like, yes. I do love the judge yeah. being like, I find it hard to believe you've never been in any of your films. And she's like, I know. I've never had Margot Martindale. Gotta never. fix it. <laughs> but I think it's just to say that it's the world that they live in, you know? So, yes, Bojack is facing all the consequences and we're seeing that. But the whole system works like this with people like just getting the easy way. So all the time so how do you even like pledge guilty when you don't really have to so there's a lot of nuance in in that that it's interesting to see and she has killed a lot of people yes literally like a a lot of people died uh because of her even like obviously a bunch of people had to have died in the spaghetti incident and that was Mm -hmm. she was the cause of that Yes, not good. Not good. But you know what? She's Marco Martindale, so she gets away with it. Yeah. I just love love her. her. I love her so much. (laughs) Okay, so then we are going to move on to Diane, who has like a much smaller part of the plot, but one that I really enjoyed and I think both of you enjoyed too. Laika, what do you think of like the Diane moving to Chicago and the Ivy Tran of it all? Oh, God, I feel like I was born to talk about this episode because (laughs) (laughs) as a divorced woman who secretly wants to write for a living, I can relate to so many aspects of Diane that it's it's kind of irritating. I loved to see her fulfilling her writing dreams as a young adult writer because I adore adult young adult fiction i think there's so much power in like the metaphors and the things that you can like the 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 difficult stories that you can tell using like a little bit of like magic a little bit Mm -hmm. a little bit of escapism and and all that that like there's definitely value in that and literature it's such a classes universe that it's like i'm all for for forms of writing that bring people in you know like sometimes you just need something that will like be the first book that this person is reading so just go for it so I love that I was so happy when she like made the move from the complex metaphor trauma dealing with like oh I'm just gonna write this perfect and Mm -hmm. she's happy doing that and I just love the storyline with Guy I think it shows like a very healthy relationship and and one that both can truly be fulfilled with that. So it just makes me really, really happy to see all all that evolution for Diane. So yeah, it's a special episode. Love it. Um, So so she's at a book signing and she gets a call from Guy who's like, am I wearing a shirt that says I'm a giant asshole? (laughs) Like. I assume no. He's like, well, then why is my wife treating me like I'm a total asshole? 
And you know, this is so funny because Guy truly is the best guy in a sea of assholes in yes. Bojack, like like from all the guys, because he is happy for his ex-wife, who's who's like his just got her like her dream job and he never asks diane to move to texas which is the whole reason for the call so she's the one so that suggested that so it's that's that's so refreshing to see mm -hmm. like be more like guy guys yeah. out there <laughs> yeah yes this episode between guy and judah like the, these are some role models for the men out there <laughs> mm -hmm. absolutely yeah, I do want to jump in just before we get too far away from it. I just want to say like how much I love what you just said about the food court detective stuff because I think it's so wonderful. And I love what you said about how it's like an entry point. And that was one of the things we talked about last week with Sonny getting really into the book and like in spite of himself being like, oh, I like your stupid book. I love that so much. I think we have this thing as a society where we're like, young girls like it, that must make it stupid. And it's like, well, let's interrogate that a little bit and think about this is actually a great way to help people with like big feelings who are young and just trying to figure stuff out. And like often for adults, people trying to figure this stuff out, this is an incredible way to do it. So I love what you just said. And I love that yeah. Diane gets to do this. I have that in my mind freshly because I just went to see uh, Rupi Carr in person mm -hmm. do you know her like she yeah. does like poetry and she got very popular because of her instagram posts and all that and she told us that she had to take a lot of shit from critics that because like like her poetry is simple and mm -hmm. all that but you know you you've got to need that entry point to get into the works of you know like Emily Dinkinson, you know, like mm -hmm. that shit is hard. So you kind of need a bridge in between those things. And it's it's beautiful that she's being like people's first book because yeah. who knows what's going to come after that. You 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 just want to keep reading more. I'm, I'm a big fan of like read whatever you want. As long mm -hmm. as you're reading, as long as you're consuming something that makes you so happy, just go for it. So yeah, really? I love to see that in, in yeah. Diane's storyline. Yeah. Yeah. And like... Also, some of the most fucked up things I've ever read have been YA novels. Like, like they can get away with so much and stuff that if you heard about it as, like, a book for adults, you would be like, oh, my God, that is crazy violent. That is so much and no one would read that. But then you read, like, a – I think I've talked on the pod before. I read, like, a five-book series by, like, Neil Schuster about, like – abortion is illegal but like once your mm -hmm. kid turns 13 you can just like give them away and all their organs will be harvested mm -hmm. for like people who need like donations and stuff and it like was one of the books that I've read that like it like really gets into like the theories behind like pro-choice and like anti-choice rhetoric and like I've never read a book made for adults that like faced those issues so head on and it was like oh oh my god mm -hmm. yeah that's the thing we all need to just take a moment and be like why are we gatekeeping reading like let's not do that well so that you can feel superior to exactly. people who read what you don't think is serious speaking of abortion Diane also is like hopefully I don't need to get another one because it's crazy hard to do in Texas and that is so sad that she says that because it marks a time and period where 
Texas was the problem. And now with this whole thing that is going mm-hmm. on in the US, apparently everywhere will be a problem. So yeah. it's it's kind of sad that like that little foreshadow of like mm-hmm. darker days. It's come. horrible. Well, I, and, I mean, Texas will still be one of the more difficult, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, everything's bad and horrible. And that was yeah. still true in 2019 uh, yeah. as it is now. Mm-hmm. Ugh. But yeah, Diane, she's ready to just take the plunge on this, which I think this is an incredible growth moment for Diane where she was like, oh, I don't trust my feelings when she was first trying to decide if she should go to Chicago. And here she's just like, yeah, we're going to go. Obviously, I'm not going to make you ask me to come to Houston. If that's where your kid is, that's where we're going to go. And he's just like, what? Okay, amazing. I love this so much. So healthy. So good. Love it. Beautiful. We love it. And she can write anywhere. She can write Mm -hmm. Ivy anywhere. Yep. Um, she like it looks like she thinks she sees Mr. Peanut Butter, but it is a cardboard cutout of Mr. Peanut Butter because he has written a memoir. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she calls him and he's so jazzed to hear from her. He's like, Diane, how are you? Yeah, yeah he's like, I wrote a, a book. A... It's so easy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I love the little moment when he immediately smiles when he looks at the phone and yes. he sees that it's her. It's so genuine. Yeah, I love it too. And he's like, from the way people talk about writing, I assumed it was hard, but it turns out it is not at all. <laughs> well, you know that what he's talking about is the years of marriage where she talked about how mm-hmm. hard writing was. And then yes. he just like doesn't click that that's where he heard that from. Yes. <laughs> yeah, he's still a little bit clueless about that, but it's so funny to see how he just like, oh yeah, I just wrote that. It's not mm-hmm. that hard. So it's, it's <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> Yeah, I love he asks how she likes Chicago. Are you a real Chicagoan now? He's like, I went to college there. And she's like, Northwestern is not in Chicago. And he's like, oh, you are a true Chicagoan. <laughs> it's so good. And I think one of the things that I was thinking about with Mr. Peanut Butter, where it's like, he just found it so easy to write. And he is exactly the opposite of Diane in terms of overthinking stuff. Like we saw her process and you know, Mr. Peanut Butter is not going through any of that. So he's just like, yeah, we both accomplished something. This is great. Well, you know, he wrote probably one draft and then just like <laughs> rows on his brain. And then someone was able to edit it into good yes. writing probably Mm -hmm. Uh, whereas she like just like is such a creative that it's Mm -hmm. more difficult for her I'm getting down like a crappy rough draft is the like most important thing because you can always turn something crappy into something good but if you have nothing yeah exactly you can't make something nothing (laughs) and it gives me like celebrity writing books vibes the Mm -hmm. whole like the journey from sad dog to birth that dog I don't know why I think about like Matthew McConaughey like just like reading his I only read this book I I actually went for the audiobook because I wanted Mm -hmm. to hear his voice so I could totally see him doing like an audiobook version of that and just promoting that oh absolutely (laughs) and people would take it and they would listen to it and it would be wildly successful and they have like a long conversation Mr. Peanut Butter starts by asking about her boyfriend like I assume he's a good guy and she's like he's the best guy Mm mm-hmm so cute and then we can see like she's been walking and so a lot of time has passed over the conversation and we see Mr. Peanut Butter talking about how the lazy Susans at the restaurant were problematic they were offensive to Susans (laughs) Susan Sarandon organized a protest yeah you know what they say about Susans suddenly you're desperately seeking them a lot of desperately seeking Susan references on Bojack yeah so many callbacks this one the way that i had never heard of this show before (laughs) and now i've heard about it twice on bojack Mm -hmm. 
Someone must be a fan. Yes. <laughs> yeah, someone in the writer's room is like, oh, I love Desperately Seeking Susan. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, and so then Diane's like, oh, also, by the way, like, things are really good with me and Guy. We, when we're together, I feel like I'm part of an us. In other relationships, I felt like I was a her. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? And Mr. Peanut Butter's like, yeah, that's interesting because I always try to be an us with everybody, mm-hmm. uh, even when it doesn't fit. And when she says, I was always just a me in other relationships, like, does that make sense? He's like, uh, yeah, it does. <laughs> Definitely seen that before. But there's no animosity either. Like, they're both yeah. just two adults that are over mm-hmm. the past. Yep. It's lovely. It's a wonderful conversation where they both seem genuinely happy to talk to one another. Mr. Peanut Butter seems so happy for Diane. It's the same kind of tone that you hear when he was ending things with pickles or he's just like, I'm really happy for you, Diane. Like just so genuine and it's so good. Yeah. He asks her apparently for the first time ever what it's like to be Diane, which mm-hmm. is very difficult Your whole life is a puzzle. All the pieces are from different sets and it doesn't quite fit. And so at some point when nothing fits, you start to think that you're the problem. It just breaks my heart. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that conversation between them. And I'm not going to get like super personal, but I I went through a very similar experience in my divorce where everything was super amicable. And the fact that you get to have these conversations after everything is over, it's such a relief because Mm -hmm. like breakups are so hard by like definition that being able to talk to the person is like the least you can do once you share mm-hmm. the life with them. And, you know, Mr. Peanut Butter was always my least favorite character. And the moment that he said that line saying, now that I'm single, I'm finally learning how to be a me, that hit me so hard because it was well, like one of the only moments where he became like super self-aware of like his personality and his future and all that. And that made me like him so much. I was like, oh, here's a character interested in growing, like kind mm-hmm. of, and I think he's doing therapy at this point. I, yeah, or I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So maybe that's affecting him. Like the fact that he's realizing what's happening. He's not like getting distracted by Erica or something like that. <laughs> he's actually focusing on doing the work. So it made me like him a little bit more at the end. So, and, and seeing that, them going in different directions like Diane needing to be part of an us thing and he needing to go into a me thing like it it worked out for them and the fact that they didn't have to be together to be happy it's also really nice so the end of the conversation it's very sweet when they say that if they met like in in a different situation they would probably be different people but they had to be part so timing is like fundamental for those things so I feel like it's very sweet. When I what I really love about this is that Mr. Peanut Butter being single now, this is the first time that he hasn't gone like from one wife yeah. to another wife. Like he like right after he and Diane broke up, he started dating Pickles, got engaged to Pickles. It was very messy and not like the best. When him and Pickles break up, he doesn't have someone else waiting in the wings. He doesn't have someone else to catch him, so he has to learn how to be alone. And now he's doing that growth now. Whereas Diane, after they broke up, was alone and took that time for self-reflecting and getting herself in the right headspace. And now, because she did that work on herself, she's able to, like, be in this relationship with someone that's really great for her. I'm a a big proponent of, like, people need to be single sometimes for a while. I know that not everybody does that. And I'm, I'm not saying, like... 
oh, you have to learn how to love yourself to be worthy of love or anything along those lines. I just think that being single is like when you learn the most about yourself and can grow the most. Mm-hmm. Learn how to be a me. You have to be a me. And I, yeah, I just, I just love cause Diane being like, oh, wow, if we met as the people we are now, it would be different. And Mr. Peanut Butter finally having the wisdom to be like, but if we hadn't met when we did, we wouldn't be these people. I just love it. Ugh. Yeah, it shows so much growth. <laughs> right? It's just so yeah. much growth. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I love it so much. I love, I love it. Okay. So Princess Carolyn also has another one that I love. And we find out Judah's in a band mm-hmm. and that everyone at work is going to his show. Yeah. And he's super embarrassed about it. He's like, we're not good. Please don't come. Like, you can come if you want to, I guess. But like, you're, don't expect anything. Truly, when people at my job find out I have a podcast, I'm like, no, I don't. Mm-hmm. You, no, I do, do not look me up. No, it's a no, different no, no. person. Or a uh, Twitter account. Nope. Yeah. Absolutely not. Oh, what's Twitter? <laughs> I never heard of it. <laughs> We also find out that Lenny Turtletop is trying to run a female-focused studio division called Girdletop and wants Princess Carolyn to pitch it. Yes, and she's just like pitching all of her dream stuff and has to do it within the next day because she wants to hit the ground running. And I want to make a connection because when we were talking about the the scene pre-credits, they mentioned Teddy. So the same Teddy that was with Angela oh in the God. elevator is the Teddy that has been spending the last 20 years showing women we know yes. what. Yes. Oh my so God. that explains a lot of that shitty behavior. Yes. Oh my God. Right? So horrible. Yeah. And it's <sighs> literally like he says that this, the reason he wants to do a female-focused division is because the studio is in trouble because of two decades worth of executive sexual harassment which means that you know at this point it's like 2020 ish in bojack years maybe a little later so yeah teddy went from abc to turtle tobs studio and did disgusting behavior yes and yeah so then it's like okay so princess carolyn we're presenting you with your dream but also you have to do it by tomorrow so not the dream and then Judah is like jumps right in to getting numbers and figures for Princess Carolyn. And she's like, oh, wait, but your show. And he's like, no, this is important. I have time. Like, let's work on this. I love Judah so much. We love him. Yeah. And it's so interesting to see like how many relationships and because people are too focused on the work. But this two actually got together because of work. Like the mm-hmm. fact that they're, they are together, that it makes things so much more refreshing and there's some like there's a like a gender world situation where I always thought that because she's she's her, his boss it would be like weird for them to be together at work but maybe because she's a female it's not that weird versus like if he was the boss and she was like under him that would be more creepy so there's there's some things here that are 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 kind of like challenging the form of like mm-hmm work romance or something yeah and I I think that's really important to bring up that power dynamic and Mm -hmm. I think that this is very specifically why when Judah came back Princess Carolyn offered him a partnership role a stake in the company and there was never even a hint of any romance between the two of them when she was like his boss like he's a partner Mm -hmm. in the company at this point to eliminate the power dynamic situation because I think that if Judah was still working directly for her, regardless, I think he would quit his job to be with her professionally mm-hmm. because he wouldn't want an inappropriate workplace relationship. Totally. And I think we f- we would feel differently about it for sure if that was the 
way in which this appeared, but with them having this more equal partnership, I think it comes off as much more acceptable. They had to do it. They mm-hmm. they had to bring him back as a partner so that they could have them be together because they're meant to be, and I love them so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to think if there's an age gap between them, because we know that PC is in her 40s, mm-hmm. but I have no idea how old Judah is. Yeah, I'm wondering if the Bojack Wiki knows how old he is. Let me look. <laughs> I was just looking at Because sometimes they know he's an adult human male, about six feet tall. <laughs> It doesn't say how old he is, but I assume that he is probably – he probably is a bit younger. He's probably, like, early 30s, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe early to mid. I, I thought of him as being, like, yeah, mid-30s. Yeah. I really like how the the BoJack uh, wiki, if you go to Judah's page, it has a picture of him in formal with his bun in and his suit <laughs> and then casual in his plaid shirt with his hair down, which is, like – him at his pee. Like, Judah with his hair down is so sexy. I'm sorry. I, like... It is. It's pretty hot. hot. Like, I'm not a long-haired, like, person. Like, I normally, like, do not find men with long hair attractive. But something about Judah is just perfect beautiful. And I'm sorry I'm sorry he's beautiful I was telling you last week Kirsten that my sister just rejoined the show and she watched this episode with me and she was like is that Judah and I was like yeah she goes, I don't know what I expected but I didn't think he'd be so beautiful <laughs> taken aback I was thinking hunk but beautiful would do too he can oh, do God. it he can do it all get you a man who can do it all he mm-hmm. can be like He's so, I don't know, he's sexy and beautiful, and I, listen, I can't help it. And so incredibly competent. (laughs) Right? And I think that's, like, the hottest part, is he, Mm -hmm. like, is organized and is a man who can, like, take on the mental load of tasks. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't know, he's so capable. You know, I think what's, like, the the best thing about him is that he anticipates her needs, and that's, like, the dream, you know? (laughs) Yeah, like I like if you like to be like cohabitating with Judah. Mm-hmm. Judah would come home from work and be like, "Oh, the dishes are dirty. I will do the dishes." Mm-hmm. Like this needs to be done. I see that it needs to be done. I'm going to do it. Versus like sometimes, and obviously, like this is a generalization. I can only speak for like my previous experiences and relationships. But sometimes men will be like, I'd love to help out, but you have to tell me exactly what to do and when and make a list for me. And it's like, then you're not really that helpful in the Mm -hmm. long run. Like if you're just a pair of hands with no brain attached, like that's not attractive. One of my favorite things that I ever read about invisible labor was someone saying that they had made a deal with their partner where they were like, I can be either labor or management. Like you don't typically see the manager out on the floor. Like you can either have me delegating all of the tasks and doing none of them, or I can do the tasks and you need to know when they need to happen. Yeah, this is great. Yeah, I I saw a TikTok recently too, where it was a woman who was like, we talk about things being equal. And I was so focused on like doing an equal amount of the work that I was like pushing myself to do things that I'm not as good at because I wanted to like be perceived as doing half of it. And her husband went to her and was like, hey, I would love to take on more of the physical part of this if you want to take on less of it and do more of the mental side of it. And she was like, changed our whole relationship. It works so well. And I was Mm -hmm. like, the dream. Anyways, I think that's why Judah's so hot. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. In addition to him just being a smoke show. <laughs> yeah, like he's a smoke show, but also he can like 
do the take the mental load. I don't yeah. know. So Princess Caroline is really struggling pitching this studio because she she doesn't even really know like what her dreams are, and she's like, Judah, like go to your show. Don't put all of your life into this job because one day. Someone will ask you what you want and you won't even know what it is anymore. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And goes to his show and she's like, sorry for missing it. And he says, that will make eye contact easier tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, great line. <laughs> yeah, agree. Mm-hmm. So cute. We see Judah's band and they they look very fun. Super hipster. Mm-hmm. This is where I just have in my notes, Judah's hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's so I glorious. Love- I love PC's line on that. Your hair is so long. Yeah. <laughs> she is she is even surprised for that. Because yeah. he whips I, it up in a bun so fast. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember being super excited about the band when I saw the trailer for that season. And then I was trying to understand, like, okay, what's going on? Are we gonna see this band? And I remember being so frustrated by the episode because then he leaves back yes. for work and we never get to see the band. But yeah, that's that's the beauty of trailer. They they paint a picture a picture and that you're only going to see it like later on. <laughs> yeah, so good. And yeah, so Princess Carolyn leaves work to go see the show and Judah leaves the show to go back to work. And so when she gets there, he's gone and they're going to only play the instrumental versions of their show. Yeah, and then they, she goes back to her office and he's there and he's like, no, I'd rather be working on this than doing my show. It's so amazing. And he says, what can I do to help? And Princess Carolyn says... How about you just sing me one of your songs? Mm-hmm. And she also says, why can't, why don't we just like get financers and do our own studio? Mm-hmm. Why do we need to work for Turtle Top? And Judah's like, if there's one thing I know, it's never to underestimate what Princess Caroline can do alone. And she looks at him and she's like, well, not alone. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then he so sings the song. Ah! And, and it's then, so beautiful, like how they he drops some like subtle hints that he likes her during the whole conversation that it's gonna like lead up to the to the song. Mm-hmm. I think it's really cute when he's dropping movie titles and then he yes. says, When a man loves and then he holds. And I think it's because like the movie title is a woman, but Princess Caroline is actually a cat. So <laughs> there's a little bit of that, that like little flirting uh with words, which is so sweet. But you, you guys are going to hate me, but I <laughs> I don't really like the song. <laughs> well, cause I, so I think the thing is, like, the song itself is, like, it's not that good. Like, it's Judah's not, not a talented musician. He's not a phenomenal yeah. singer. <laughs> and um, he told us. He said, we're not good. So yeah. <laughs> we were kind of expecting that. We I get knew. it. But what <laughs> I love about the song... And so, like, the song itself with the lyrics, like, he talks about how, you know, he's not good at rhymes and all of those things. But a lot of it, if you replace the lyrics with Princess Carolyn, it actually does rhyme. And, like... Oh, my God. So, I just think it's really cute. Like, yeah, no, he doesn't sing it well. It's not a phenomenal song. And it's very short. It's obviously not the whole song. He just stops playing and he says, I love you, Princess Carolyn. And Mm -hmm. she smiles. And it's so cute. It's so cute. And the thing is, like, to your point, I think I also would hate this or it would be nothing worse than someone (laughs) singing to me in this incredibly earnest way and it not being Yeah, but she asked him to. Exactly. And this is the thing where it's like, 
even one of the lyrics is like, I don't write good love songs. And it's like, no, you don't, but you're so cute and you have so many other <laughs> incredible qualities and the gesture itself is very cute. So I love this. I love that they end up in the situation. I love that he loves her. This is perfect. And how do you feel about her reaction? Because for me, it was so underwhelming that she'd like just not it like Mm -hmm. she could have said that she loved him too but we just got that i i don't know if it was like too like rushed so we couldn't get like more of a development but how did you feel about that see i feel like it was a little bit more realistic because princess carolyn hasn't really thought of judah in a romantic way before like she's she's thought of him in a like workplace professional way and she's always wanted the best for him and she likes him personally but only in the last couple episodes have we seen them together in a social setting like at Todd's party where he was like so good with the gifts and so I think like for Judah he's probably been in love with her for years Mm -hmm. and Princess Carolyn is only just starting to like feel for him romantically so I, I like that they didn't force it as if like, oh, well, she's been in love with him all along. But I really take your point that I wish we could have had more time and more build up so that mm-hmm. it could be like a, a moment when they had both like fully come together in that way. I think that's a great reframe, Kirsten, because I think I was a little bit like, oh, God, like you take that giant swing like that and someone smiles. You're like, OK, they're, they don't hate it. But also he probably has been in love with her for years and then to have her not say it back I feel like it would be for me personally devastating (laughs) this is Lindsay we're not shooters we don't shoot like we would never (laughs) we would never truly never but yeah I don't know I just think that's a good reframe to have it as like she's also methodical and takes things seriously and she wants to like take a breath think about it get comfortable with it and I think the smile is helpful if we just got nothing of like a look of horror or something that would be totally different but Yeah. yeah Or, you know, maybe Princess Carolyn's love language is work. So the fact that she like stayed late with him working yeah. is her way of saying, I love you back. Just be here with me. Yeah, exactly. Stay here. Let's let's do our thing together. Let's mm-hmm. like build our dream together. They were just talking about that. So they're, yeah. they're building a dream together. That's that's powerful in a way. And how they were saying about, oh, we have the the babysitter until 11 instead of like doing something (laughs) nasty about it. They're going to just like work. (laughs) Get it done. I mean, they probably made out, right? Just like not on camera. I have to assume that they kissed after this. Like he's so beautiful (laughs) and she's so beautiful and they look so nice together. Mm -hmm. Uh, I also think judah would have been highly suspicious if she immediately was like i love you too like i i think like because they're both so methodical and like mission oriented yeah i don't know they just make sense and i love it and i remember watching this like the show before the final season was out and always like wanting judah and princess carolyn to be together Mm -hmm. but like it not happening until this close to the end it's just like oh thank god a happy Mm -hmm. ending yeah and now for a non-happy ending so Bojack, Bojack, it hurts. It turned. They're already produ- like filming the horny unicorn. Mm-hmm. Bojack is is drinking on set again. This is very tough. We saw at the end of the last one that he's just sitting there holding the bottle, and they don't actually show him drinking on screen. We're just kind of led to believe that he has now headed down this path. And here, it's just unambiguous. He is pouring vodka into his bottle and drinking it. And when he sees it, he doesn't see the stars anymore from the yeah. planetarium. Noteworthy. 
we see him get a call from Angela and she was has been thinking about him since the interview a couple of months back and there's something she's been meaning to ask him and she would like him to come to her house to find out what that is. I love what she says, like, wouldn't you love to find out? Like, she's so mysterious and yeah. she makes people chase after her. Like, you could you could learn a thing or two from Angela in a way. <laughs> yeah, and she's obviously older now. She has white hair. She walks with a cane. She's just, a, like, a totally different person, but, like, still very much a bad bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And her mansion is kind of like this haunted old classic yeah, LA yeah. vibes and the Lamborghini that she has. It's like a real model, this Moira. I'm not pronouncing this correctly, but the, the, the license mm-hmm. plate is the model of the car. So she's she's doing fine. <laughs> yeah, she's doing very well for herself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you would pronounce that. But yeah, it is. It's a very cool car. It's a car that costs approximately four and a quarter million <laughs> as of 2020. Wow. Probably more now that there's a shortage of cars. Mm-hmm. I assume that also impacted luxury vehicles. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and so Bojack gets there and Angela's like, don't ever get old. Like, I walk with a cane now. I can't even drive my car. And Angela apologizes for making Bojack do the Bojack dance at the 1994 upfronts. Mm-hmm. She's like, that's why you wanted me to come here? She's like, no, you're just really tall and I needed someone to get a box for me. Bojack's 6'5", right? Is that what we've established in the past? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Yes, of course. Um, So they go into Angela's storage room, which is just like all of this like Hollywood memorabilia. Like there is so, so much in there. But on the top shelf is a box of horsing around dvds mm-hmm. blu-rays that they're launching now Blu-ray. yeah <laughs> yeah and nobody wants them anymore because of bojack's interview and they can't even like give these things away even though they really went all out with the special features and no one cares at this point in time i feel like they're like 10 years too late to be releasing blu-rays <laughs> and people caring about them yes agreed you know, I'm really sad that we don't have BoJack Horseman Blu-rays. This day. I mean, they didn't. They they released season one and two, and then mm-hmm. they stopped because I think there was now no demand for that. So yeah. if one day Netflix decided to take the show, uh, like remove the show from the platform, we're done. Like we'll have. I mean, I know that some people downloaded it illegally i'm not one of them but uh, it's so sad that we don't get to have that so maybe in this situation if they decide to release bojack like 10 years from now i would t- totally get it because I, I need to have it with me you know like my security blanket yeah <laughs> it's well, everywhere I, yeah and i think also like they could do some really amazing special features as yeah. well for bojack that would definitely entice me to at least consider you know getting those special features on the the blu-ray because like getting that getting those kinds of things like in hindsight where Mm -hmm. you have like the knowledge of the full show and what happens and like what has happened in the world like before during and since bojack like i feel like they could do a lot and it would they i'm sure there would be a market for it but i don't know how big that market would be because i think like bojack fans are like a a small but powerful group (laughs) yeah it's definitely a niche show so Maybe that's the reason why we don't have it these days. Yeah. Angela says that they actually want to do a version of the show just without his scenes. And it would just be like 
all around. Yeah, just orphans who have no caregiver and they just learn that love is actually all around and they can grow up without anyone because they have realized that nobody wants to think that Bojack is benefiting from this. And if he's still in it, then it's all just going to go to waste. And isn't it a shame that Sarah Lynn's going to be forgotten? And the only thing people will remember about her is that you killed her. Angela is horrible. Mm-hmm. Like this man, like obviously this is not a defense of like Bo- Bojack by any means, but like for Angela to be like, yeah, well, you know, she'll just be the girl you killed if we can't release this show. So you'd better sign this thing. Mm-hmm. We'll buy you out and you'll never profit from horsing around again. And it's like, I mean, fair. Getting a buyout is still more than he probably deserves for like all of the harm that he did on that set and to everyone involved in the show. But like the manipulation. Oh my God. It's so bad. It's so bad. And it, it made me think of Gina too, where she's like, I don't want to just be the girl that you strangled. And it's like, yeah, understandable. But for Angela to be doing this clearly in a profit driven way, so manipulative. And you know what makes me sad about Angela when she is walking Bojack through to to the closet. That's a funny word. <laughs> what I'm gonna say? She drops that she has a partner that doesn't let her drive the car. Yeah. And I get that she's a woman, so Angela is actually gay. And the fact that she did dirty to her like that mm-hmm. is the reason why I hate this woman so much. I think she was <laughs> as coward as Bojack at that time, and maybe. You know what? Maybe that's the reason why she was able to fool him so well and 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 convince him because she was as selfish as him because she knew what was on the line during the time that she was working for this family network and all that. But so they're so similar the two of them that like maybe the anger that Bojack has towards her it's kind of like a projection of seeing himself in her. So I don't know how you guys feel about that, but I was so shocked when I when I noticed that line. That no, that's really smart. I I literally didn't put that together because I'm stupid. But yeah, that just adds like a that adds like another layer to it that Mm -hmm. is deeply troubling. I also like so it's only been like 25 years Mm -hmm. since 1994. At this point in time, she doesn't look like super old in the flashbacks and so the fact that she like looks so old and frail now is so misleading because she would really only be like in her 50s like I don't know I feel like in when she's like the president she strikes me as being like in at least her 30s or maybe even 40s okay well so she would be like if she's in her 30s then she'd be like what 60 at this point yeah maybe And so then they make her seem much older than that. They make it seem like she's retired, Mm -hmm. which like she could be. She's made so much money. She wouldn't have to work anymore. But if she's retired, why is she still involved in the horsing around contract? Like, I'm just like confused about how old she's supposed to be and what her role in present day Hollywood is. Yeah, I don't think she's retired because she's making all these deals about around, which is kind of really funny because you guys remember Quibi, that like mm-hmm. yes. platform for eight minutes. It would be perfect for that, but it didn't yeah. work. But yeah, she's making she's still making deals. And I think she mentions the fact that she felt she and, and that's why she was using the cane and everything. But I mm-hmm. think like 
just the fact that she was living like this bitter life, like backstabbing mm-hmm. people all the way, maybe like yes. sucked away all the all the <laughs> all the life from her. And it's kind of mm-hmm. similar to the conversation that he had with Herb when he went to see him. It was like, oh, you look like shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then Todd makes all the jokes about how he's doing so much better than than Bojack. So maybe the fact that she's been doing that kind of like made her like a lonely sad person i don't know it's it's just weird to watch yeah i I just like i do think i just think it's strange how they present her and like she's working so she's not retired but she looks like she's so old i don't know Mm -hmm. i just found that odd so she saw he signs a deal and angela asks him if he wants a drink he says he's just water is good for him and she's like "Mm, do you really think you're fooling anyone with that water bottle like let me get you something and then the next scene we see is Bojack is just drinking vodka straight from the bottle and singing Do the Bojack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ugh. And this moment is so tough because it's the first time we've really seen him be this drunk since he went to rehab. And then on top of that, we also hear from Angela that she's like, oh, man, I really thought you were going to call my bluff. Had to l- convince you to let us fire her. And he's like, whoa, whoa. Like, Yeah. And and this is where Bojack says, like, he thought there was nothing he could do. And, like, everything bad in his life comes from that. And I'm just like, Bojack, mm-hmm. you have spent so much time in therapy. You can't blame every bad thing you've done back on, like, one person who manipulated you into making a bad decision. He's just, he's so old Bojack in that moment. Oh, yeah. And he's like, every bad decision I ever made was because of you. And it's like, okay, that's quite rich coming from you. And she's like, she even says, that's ridiculous. You can't just put that on me. You were who you were. You did what you did. And here we are. Yeah. This is one of those classic Bojack conversations where they just like troll the truth in your face. And like, Mm -hmm. you think that you can put like, you can like point fingers to people in your life actually you have to point the finger to yourself because yeah. you've been doing that and but it's 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 so I totally get Bojack in this scene as well which is so frustrating because like a part of me knows that you cannot blame people but some other part knows that there are these moments almost like this nods in your life that where like you you decide like a different like you're you're path kind of splits into different directions and then you decide to take one and this moment with Angela was a defining moment for him like yeah. for his character and all that and the fact that she says oh you probably don't even remember like it's such yeah. a small thing for her and for him it's like everything and it's it's that's the the type of relationship we we have with people sometimes they think that like it's a big deal and for pe- some other people it's just like nothing mm-hmm. so it 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 kills me this scene so much because it's it could have been so much different if he had just realized that he could have been better like yeah. he could have like prioritized things but that's the thing that it comes to like the main point in bojack for me is that the fact that the stardom and and like the fame it's it's for me it's bojack's like first and main addiction he got so hooked on that that he could not let it go so when she like and when she put the whole like secretariat thing over his head and all that he just couldn't like being a good friend wouldn't give him the 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 height that he needed from from stardom and the fame so he obviously and went for the the easy way and that that is just so sad (laughs) 
but it's it's definitely like a, a, a pivot moment in the show. So the fact that they brought back this conversation to to do a callback to that is huge. Well, and you you brought up earlier that you know Bojack always like belittles himself and his power because his family always belittled him and didn't you know give him love and care, and so that love and care is probably directly resulting in why he loves being the star and being the center of attention because he's getting validation that he never got, you know, when he was a child. And that would be like his like common wound or, or whatever they, they call that. And then this moment with, it's like the moment with Angela, he didn't know he had the power. So he just let her get fired. Then when Sarah Lynn got the vodka, he didn't know he had the power. So Sharona got fired. Like in any of those situations, he could have put his foot down to actually defend the people that have been like family to him, even if it was like dysfunctional and not, you know, the best relationships. Like he could have been there for those people as a family, but he doesn't know how to be there for people like that because he doesn't have the family. Like it's like all full circle and it's really bad and that's what makes Bojack so complicated because it's like he does so many horrible things but then you also see like the trauma behind why he makes those decisions and it makes it harder yeah yeah and hearing you saying that I don't know why it reminded me of this line from Frituro when he says all I know about being good I learned from tv it's exactly what you say. Like he does, he didn't get like good values and, and morals from from his family. He got from TV and and all the celebrity, all the sets, and all that. So he always defaults to that. So he's always like jumping from one project to another. I remember being so mad when he got into this like horny unicorn thing with like mm-hmm. Vince Wagner. Like, what the hell are you doing, man? You should be like working on yourself. But that's what he like knows how to do. And yeah, it's it's where he thinks that he will find like this thing that he's looking for in, in a set or in a project or something like that. So it's it's really tough. This show's so good. Oh my god. <laughs> it's just so good. Bojack then chooses this moment to get into a physical fight with this woman using Mm -hmm. a cane to like it's just again it's so full circle like when he saw her the first time and like tried to fight like I I know he's drunk and like not doing but like just stop it enough with the physical like altercation (laughs) exactly yeah Angela's like listen we both did what we had to do like you need to grow up like stop it and so because Bojack goes to burn the contract after this but then doesn't yeah and then he just steals the horse around DVDs and her car. And her car. Yep. And so he goes to his old house because he does not remember that he doesn't live there anymore. He drives through the gate. He breaks in the side door from the pool area. He is drinking their alcohol. He's taking their pills. He's eating their food. And he's watching the horse and around Blu-ray on the TV. Yeah, this is awful. So hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. But when I saw that scene, I was thinking, oh, I wonder if the family that bought the house would ever change the letters on the gate because like, it doesn't make any sense for them to have the BH anymore, right? Well, and they also like were informed that it was Sylvester Stallion's place. So you'd think they'd be suspicious why it doesn't say SS. <laughs> Boreana's house. Classic Boreana's house. And so... Bojack is very drunk, very high, and he watches his original screen test for Horsin' Around, and it, it it even includes where he was struggling, and Herb came in to, like, give him advice and mm-hmm. coach him a little bit to, to make him more comfortable on camera, 
And he gets the scene right, says, oh, was that good? And Herb's like, your life is about to start. The TV turns off and it goes from young Bojack on the screen to like old high drunk Bojack's reflection in the TV. And I like, I gasped. I was like, oh my God, this show's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, holy shit, that ending. <laughs> There's so much. The fact that it's the TV that it's connecting old Bojack and, and young yeah. Bojack. There's so much like the the turning off of that. It's, it's just beautiful. It's poetry. It's mm-hmm. incredible. I love that. So scene. powerful. Yeah. So good. I love this show. Me too. We have so much feedback. Um, yeah, I had I had a feeling we might. <laughs> and you know what's sad? It's that you could see in the moment where Herb was coaching him how much mm-hmm. Herb loved him and really wanted him to succeed. He was like mm-hmm. preparing him and he still did him dirty. And that's, yeah. ah, it's a reminder of like the bad decision that he made at that moment where yeah. things could have been different. Just, like imagine how different his life could have been. Yeah. Yeah, completely. Ugh. So Noah wrote in and said, my takeaway from the confrontation with Angela Diaz is that Bojack hasn't really learned anything. He still thinks that it was Herb losing his job that started the downward spiral. Even though Herb yelled in his face that he didn't care about the job, it was Bojack abandoning their friendship that really hurt. It still never got through to him that his decisions are what matter, not every random shitty thing that happens. I was also really struck by Angela's fear in the scene. The way she cries out, no, you signed it, when Bojack is about to throw the contract in the fire. She's supposed to be this bastion of power, but she's just as nervous and insecure as everyone else. She said that she practiced the pitch in a mirror for before talking to Bojack. So I want, you know, that's the beauty of the women in Bojack. Mm-hmm. I would love to see her her story and PCs and everyone because they were all struggling to make in this business that it's so male dominated. So yeah. the fact that she was able to pull, I mean, it was awful what she did to Bojack. That that need to be needs to be said. But at the same time. She got what she wanted, so it was it was a power move for sure. Well, and I think it's important too to think about how she's so incentivized to have this happen. Where in a way, it's almost Herb or her because if someone starts kind of digging around in the show, being like, "Oh, they didn't fire Herb Kazaz," like maybe it's because, and they start digging around and they're like, "Because the president is also a lesbian," like maybe that's what's going to happen. And I think it's important to keep that in mind too, that she definitely has stuff going on in her personal life where she has a lot to lose too, if this doesn't go her way. (laughs) Just horrible. Just horrible. Horrible. Sarah says, I think I forgot how dark this show gets. How did it come out so long ago (laughs) and is still as relevant as ever? This almost makes me more depressed than the show itself. I I don't know how you could forget how dark this show gets. (laughs) Sarah also, Sarah always does the pausing for us. And said, this contract says, this contract is firm, non-flimsy, no flim-flam. If the stuff in this contract isn't uh, fulfilled by you, the one signing it, then, who boy, big trouble, legally speaking. I have skimmed this agreement and retained nothing, yet I am beholden to its contents. It's <laughs> good stuff. Oh my God. <laughs> That's what every contract should say. Yes. And then Natalie wrote in, Natalie has a lot of stuff for next week, but also said, First off, your good damage coverage was fantastic. Possibly the best horse pod episode to date. Whoa. Love that. Good damage is one of my favorite episodes of BoJack. It so accurately reflects the experience of working through depression and someone who actually wants to change. It isn't a straight line. So I also just want to shout out Jules, Jenna, Natalie, Jake, Nick, and Sam. I have your emails. I will read them next week or the week after. (laughs) Amazing. Over on Twitter, Morgan 
brought back that on this watch of the episode, they notice Princess Carolyn glances over at a taxi going the opposite direction when she's driving to Judah's show yeah. and smiles right after. And so maybe Judah was in that taxi. And she, like, saw him but just, like, needed to, like, get to the show and confirm he'd gone back to work. That would be so sweet. (laughs) I hope that's true. And then Morgan also brought back to attention a tweet from October because we couldn't really talk about it then. But so when we talked about the old Sugarman place, we talked about cow families and, like, what to do, like, do all the cows work in diners kind of situation. Mm -hmm. And Morgan said, there are cows in the family that ends up buying Bojack's house and shows us, you know, the cow with the husband and children. Mm -hmm. And said, her theory is that the mom works at a diner but got tipped $8 million. (laughs) And that is how they had the money to buy Bojack's house. Incredible. Um, I think the kid got cast in a TV yeah. show and they needed something, but I love that theory. It would be so fun, like to full circle the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, but I think that the cows working in the diner are like a different spotted pattern than this type of the cow who bought the house. So like, I would love for that to be the, the situation, but I think, yeah, it was just people like, I think the realtor said they were from the Midwest. Yeah, maybe. And that they were moving to LA because their son got cast in a movie and they wanted a place before they find out that it actually films in Canada. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but fun theory anyways. And always good to bring back our theory on what do the cows do for work? Yes. Do they all work in diners? But yeah, that is everything. Like, thank you so much for joining us. This was amazing. So good. Oh my God. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. I miss talking about Bojack. It's been too <laughs> long since the season ended, uh, since the show ended. And it's always fun to revisit all the details because there's so much to talk about. And I feel like we're going to be talking about Bojack forever because like the teams are so general and like, haven't you ever like I could think of like many different like points in my life where I could have made different decisions and end up in like different results so this episode resonates so much with me because of that and maybe there's not much that we can do about it just like live with this and try to do better moving forward so there's there's a lot that it's unsaid like in Bojack but you can like just ruminate over it and and that's the beauty for me. Mm-hmm. I think anytime anyone is like, oh, I don't know about this cartoon, it's like, there's so much here. We just spend over 90 minutes talking about this 25 minute episode and the time flew by. So yeah, Absolutely. lots here. It's like, the show's not getting less relevant over time, right? No. It seems to only get more relevant. So love it. Love the show. Loved having you on. And of course, if anyone isn't already, please go follow Bojack Hidden Jokes on Twitter and Instagram. Come on. Thank you. It was a pleasure. Most of our like followers have probably come from you retweeting us, but like we still <laughs> obviously if there's anyone who doesn't, please go give the love. Is there anything else that you would want to direct people to? Any other like accounts or anything? I'm super proud of the two projects, actually three projects that we did during the show. So at some point we got too excited about the standalone episodes. So we did a recreation of Frituro, Dividing the Lines, because it's the best monologue out there and it was just so beautiful. So we did the Frituro project. So if you search that on YouTube, you're going to see a bunch of like 200 people reciting the lines in order, recreating the episode and all the gestures and all that. It was just so fun to put that together. I'm so proud that we did that and we got the show's attention and all that. And then we did that again for... 
the episode that you're about to talk about in <laughs> the next episode. So we recreated the view from Halfway Down poem, which was super fun too. It's such a beautiful piece of writing that we just had to do it again. And for the end of the show, when Bojack was writing letters from rehab, we decided to start writing start writing letters for the show. So we created this website called letters to bojack.com where people had the chance to say goodbye to the show and they wrote letters to say how thankful they are for everything that this show taught them. And it was so fun for me. I feel so lucky to be able to to be the vessel of this of this project because I got to I had to read all the letters before I published them because I didn't want to have like anything like that was inappropriate and I just cried like reading the most beautiful stories of like all the different ways that this show has affected people's lives so all the family struggle addiction like all the like very tough moments in life where people thought about giving up they they turned to the show and they saw that there was more to that so I keep saying to people that Bojack Horseman it's such a hopeful show and it shows how much like it it, it matters to try again to wake up to another day and then try to do things differently. And I saw that in those letters and they were so personal and full of details that made me like the show even more. The fact that it was actually changing lives. It's, it's entertain. It's really good entertainment, but it's also some sort of like a uh, helpful resource for people who don't have anyone to talk to so they could kind of relate to that. So yeah, I would say like, go look for those because there are many fun stories out there that show you that you're not alone in your feelings and yeah a horse cartoon show can really help you somehow yeah amazing and again thank you so much for joining us this is the best we were so hopeful that you would come and then you did and then it was great and everyone is gonna love it definitely we are i mean i guess at this point it doesn't even make sense to tell people where they can get a hold of us because they can still send like, us for, fe- for episode feedback you can't like it's going to be done we're going to be done recording well before this comes out but if you want to have any overarching things of after it's all out i think then we'll come back and do like one overall like look back at the series and the podcast so you can send any thoughts about that on twitter at bojack horsepod or to bojack horsepod at gmail.com if you'd like to hear more from Lindsay, you can hear her on the podcast of tomorrow where she's breaking down futurama um, much shorter episodes than these because um her co-host there respects her time unlike <laughs> me and if you want to hear more from me you can follow me everywhere at Kirsten Said What, including twitch.tv slash Kirsten Said What. I am talking Riverdale still because it will not be over till the end of July over on Kowski Cast. That's cow with the K. And by the time this comes out, it's going to be about Big Brother time, about Love Island time. So there'll be lots of content coming there. And last but certainly not least, I talk pop culture, trending topics, and celeb gossip every week with Sasha Joseph over on Mess Magnets. So thank you everyone so much for joining us this episode. Once again, go follow at Bojack Hidden Jokes. But we will be back next week with the great Matt Gagan to talk about The View from Halfway Down. So we will see you then. Bye.